Hi, I'm Deanna Keith from Liberty University and I'm here today to talk to you about functional behavior assessments, which we often refer to as FBA. Um, a functional behavior assessment, very um, similar to its name, is to determine the function of a behavior. And it really is the assessment process of doing this, to find out the cause um, of why a behavior occurs. Why, you know, how does the behavior function? Why, why is it occurring? And so typically, as educators, we see FBAs um, in the classroom where you can often be involved with the process of um, assessing the behavior possibly taking data for the behavior. You could be involved within the, the meeting, and again, usually that's a multidisciplinary team where you, other teachers, uh, parents, counselors, others involved would come together to look at writing a functional behavior assessment once the data has been collected. And so actually today what I'm going to do is talk about a couple of steps that are important with um, in, in looking at a functional behavior assessment. The first thing that you really want to do when looking at a functional behavior assessment is identifying a student's behavior. And, you know, we can kind of say, oh, that's easy. If we have a child in our classroom and he's screaming and he's acting out, the behavior's screaming. Or if he's hitting, then, you know, that's, that's the easy part. But when you look at FBAs, what you really want to make sure you do is target a very, very specific behavior. So if I were to say a student is non-compliant in the classroom, well, I could ask you what non-compliant means. I could ask someone down the hall what non-compliant means. And it really could have different definitions. It could mean different things to different people. Um, if, we, if I was to say acting out, a student acts out all the time or they're defiant all the time, what would that mean? What does that look like? And so with functional behavior assessments, it's very important that we have a target behavior. So let's say hitting, that's our target behavior. But then we have to offer um, give an op operational definition to that. We have to really define that. So hitting would be what? It would be when um, the child strikes another child, when the child um, forcefully you know, hits another child, makes contact. If we're saying non-compliant, what does that mean? What does that look like? Pushing. And so you really have to break that down into to saying what, what behaviors. If a child's having a temper tantrum, is that the child on the floor kicking and screaming? Is the child rolling around? Is the child hitting their head against the wall? What, what specific behavior are we going to um, look at and identify, define within, within the larger kind of definition? So, so many times if you say hitting, if you say pushing, um, uh, you know, screaming, then you really have to look at what, what does that mean? And then let's really break it down very specifically. Um, after you identify the behavior, you describe the behavior, and you, you really narrow down what you're going to look at taking data on, then you really can start collecting data. Um, and it's important too, even if you have a behavior such as screaming, with screaming, for instance, many times we would say, oh, the child's not getting his way, or um, you know, maybe he's, he wants a toy, and so you know, a child in first grade screaming because he wants a toy and he's not sharing, or he's screaming because he didn't get his own way. But you could also look at that, and screaming could mean something different. So you really have to also define, is the child avoiding something? Is the child screaming because they don't want to work? So every time you give them an assignment, every time you ask them to line up, if you ask them to interact with students, they start screaming and they act out and they throw a temper tantrum. Well, that would be an avoidance issue. 
Whereas you could look at screaming and sometimes it could be a seek issue. Maybe they're seeking attention or um, seeking the toy. And so it's important again to make sure that you not only define what does temper tantrum look like, what does the screaming look like, but you also want to define are we avoiding something? Um, is it seeking? Is it kind of a behavior seeking? Um, you know, teacher or student. And, and so you really, that's, that's the first step and it's very, very important for the success of your functional behavior assessment. Once you identify the behavior, you, you determine um, the, the behavior, then you really start collecting data. It's very important in a, in a functional behavior assessment to have baseline data. So if, for instance, you determine that you do want to collect data on um, uh, attention-seeking behavior and you, you know this is a problem and, and so you, you've kind of met and you've said there's definitely a behavior problem with this student, then before you, you put into place any kind of intervention, any kind of reinforcement, before you write the plan, you'd want to give it a week or two to just let the behavior occur naturally. Let it occur in the environment. You're not going to change anything because it's absolutely essential that you have that baseline data on the student. Many times, once you collect that data, it's surprising to really look at it and break it down and to find out, you know, what was the antecedent. Um, when you look at FBA and within your McConnell textbook, you'll see the ABC chart. You have the behavior, but you also look at the antecedent. You look at the consequence. You look at the environment. What, you know, what happened? Who, what teachers were in the classroom? What other students was, did a new student come in that the child's having difficulty with? And so you really take all of that into account. You look at the data, and then you can really many times figure out what the function of the behavior is. What's the cause of that behavior? And so that that then helps you create a functional behavior assessment. You take that data, you look at the baseline data, and then you can create a plan saying, okay, we know that when the child, when this student is asked to do something he doesn't want to do, this is how he responds. And so you can look at reinforcement behavior. You can look at teaching the child strategies when they get upset. Rather than getting upset, you know, really teaching very specifically the child's going to raise their hand. If they do this, they get a reinforcement of some kind. Um, in middle school, oftentimes, when we were dealing with students who had some, you know, would get upset and get very emotional and, and their behavior would be hitting and fighting and punching, we would really try to teach them, okay, rather than doing this, you're going to tell the teacher before you enter the classroom, I'm upset. You're going to have the option of going to the guidance counselor. And so you really, you really focus on what is the behavior, why is it occurring, and then what can we do to prevent the behavior? What can we do to teach the child coping skills, to teach the child self-awareness? And, and many times it may start where you really are doing some extrinsic reinforcement. And part of the plan may be, okay, every time the child raises their hand rather than screaming in this first or second grade class, they're going to get a reward. They're going to get some kind of reinforcement. Um, but, but you're able to then really narrow down the behavior, look at the antecedent, look at the consequence, and, and create a functional behavior assessment. So. Um, very, very necessary when you're looking at discipline. 1997 IDEA really brought this into, in, uh, into effect and, and really a big focus on, on it within um, the 1997 IDEA, looking at discipline, looking at behavior. Um, but, and many times we do think about it in terms of special education, but I would say that this can be used with any, any student in any classroom. It's just a really good, positive, 
um, just a positive process for really looking at behaviors and saying, okay, rather than just doing, getting the same behavior and doing the same thing and having discipline and kind of having the same outcomes, really stopping and saying, okay, let's figure out what is the function, what is the cause of this behavior. So that's, um, that's kind of an overview of functional behavior assessment. Thank you.